Z stack. I want to tell you, um, one of my doctors is Dr. Vladimir Zelenko. Uh, he is the guy that was the first one Trump credited with a successful early treatment protocol. Um, and he's been working on it and working on it. And, you know, you can just go to his website and get all of those things and then go to stores and get all of it. But he has also made his now treatment and his um, his daily dose that you should take to keep away from COVID and strengthen yourself. He's made it into something called Z-Stack. It's all scientific, scientifically formulated. Take control of your health and your and your uh, and your life and the health of your family. Go to ZStackLife.com slash Beck. I take this every day. ZStackLife.com slash Beck. Get a discount on your first order by using the promo code Beck, zstacklife.com slash Beck. It's Friday, and what a Friday we have for you. Half an hour from now, we are going to be talking to the the truckers, the, the, the leadership of that huge convoy on their way to Ontario, Canada. Trudeau is beside himself. Last night, there was almost, there was a police roadblock, and it, it could have gone really bad. Canada does not do this kind of stuff. And uh, people are standing up. They've had enough. They've just had enough of what Trudeau is shoveling. That's happening all over the world. In exactly an hour from now, we'll be on the phone with President Trump, number 45, and uh, possibly number 47, talking to him about Ukraine, what is happening with Putin and Biden. We'll get the scoop on that. We're also, we have the Surgeon General from Florida on with us today. And I'm going to start with the economy, with numbers you have not heard before unless you watched this week's Wednesday night special. No one is reporting this, and you need to know these numbers. We give it to you in 60 seconds. My Patriot Supply is our sponsor this half hour, making sure that you and your family are, are uh, you know, able to survive and supplied with food in the event of an emergency you know what's crazy is we are looking at shortages all around the country now and our food supply going to the grocery store you're already seeing it and we haven't hit anything yet we haven't hit anything please make sure that your family is not want for food uh, there's emergency food supplies right now, and it doesn't have to be a hurricane or a snowstorm. It could just be bad supply chain and bad prices of food. 
Save $50 now on their popular four-week emergency food kit. Every member of your family should have at least three, uh, three to four weeks of emergency food. That's a minimum. The breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, even snacks, 2,000 calories every day, and it's really good. Uh, so please, don't put procrastinate anymore. Please act now. Don't regret it. Preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. Save $50. Go there now. It is Friday. So let me show you exactly what has happened in the last year. Gas has risen to uh, $3.32 a gallon. Mortgage rates. Mortgage rates were about 3 The 30-year mortgage interest rate now has risen to 4.6, and that's without the Fed raising the rate, which they say they're going to do twice or three times this year. That is just the banks getting greedy. Second quarter GDP growth predicted to be 2.3%. So you know, last year's, uh, a year ago, it was projected at 30%. Our growth was 33.1% in the third quarter under Trump. It is now 2.3. Inflation is 7% and rising. Now we say that we have 3.5% unemployment. (laughs) Does that seem right to you? Do we really only have 3.5% employment? Because that's almost full employment. That means everybody who's looking for a job has a job. And for the very first time, I can say that's true and yet completely misleading. There are so many jobs available right now, but the government is is incentivizing people to stay home. So now you might be at full employment, but you don't have people working You're paying them to stay home. How many fast food restaurants have you been to? How many places have you been to? And they either don't have it. They're closed. They're waiting. um, They're only open certain hours because they just don't have the people. Oil has now hit an eight year high. We're talking about hitting oil prices of one hundred and fifty dollars a barrel. I just want you to know, 2008, the collapse happened at $130 a barrel. That was the final straw. We are now showing that you were paying 49% more for gas, 37% more for used cars, 6% more in electricity, 6% more for food, building supplies. You want to know why houses are so expensive? Lumber. Do you remember the beginning and everybody was talking about lumber? How expensive. I just want one sheet of plywood. I can't get a sheet of plywood. Can't get a sheet of plywood. Been waiting on a list for two months. Can't get a sheet of plywood. The price of lumber, not since the beginning of the pandemic, but since September, has risen 45%. That is the highest gain since 1947. And they're telling you that everything is fine. If you look at the way we used to calculate, for instance, unemployment, we're at 3.5. But why, why does that feel wrong? Because in 1995, I think, they changed the way we calculate unemployment. And what they did is they said, are there so many people discouraged 
that they've just given up looking for work because that's not fair to the government to to point out those numbers too so are they just given up because they're so discouraged if you calculate it the way we did in 1993 and before that before we took the discouragement out our unemployment rate would be 24.5 24.5 the great depression was about 30% unemployment we're at 24.5. The difference is they're not discouraged. They're encouraged not to work. So now everybody's saying, what's causing inflation? What's causing inflation? Oh, gee, I don't know. I don't know. We're doing everything wrong. It's like we've, it's like we've woken up in a parallel universe. The multiverse where everything that you're supposed to do, you do the opposite. We have to wake our friends and neighbors up and we'll only do it with kindness and facts. But even Democrats will know, except for the real diehard, never going to wake up to anything Democrats. They they know something is not right. We told you that the Great Reset is the plan. The news on the Great Reset is breathtaking, breathtaking today. And the White House uh, announced yesterday that they are going to uh, get rid of Bitcoin and all all uh, cryptocurrency. It's got to go. It's got to go. IMF is going the same way. Well, why? Let me give you some numbers that have just been FOIAed and released this week. Why this is not the number one story in the world, I don't know. But I haven't seen this reported anywhere. The Fed has a two-year waiting period on information. So they can't tell you. You can't ask and they can't tell you two years. They do something and then you have to wait two years to say, what did you just do? Okay. Then it, it has to be FOIA'd. Well, two years, 2012, two years uh, went by after 2008 to 2010, and they were FOIA'd. Tell us what you did. Well, they fought it, and they went all the way to the Supreme Court, and it was, the Fed said, we need 10 years. We need 10 years. It's very sensitive, 10 years. 10 years are up, so it's been FOIA'd. Let me give you what they did. Now, here's what they said they did. Do you remember the Tea Party started with TARP? Because we were so outraged that it was $787 billion. We were so outraged, almost a trillion dollars to bail out these banks. Are you kidding me? I want you to remember that. $787 billion to bail out TARP. Less than a trillion dollars, the bailout for all of the banks. And we said, what are you doing? How could we possibly do that? Then... The stimulus package, the Reinvestment Act, was $750 billion. So a trillion, what, six, trillion five. That's what, that's what they said they spent. Then the Fed said, we have to you know, purchase things like mortgage bonds. So we're just adding money, but it's on our books. We're just, we're just going to print and digitize some money and we're just going to buy some stuff. Okay, from the banks. 
So they already had almost a trillion dollars from us, the taxpayer. And then the Fed said, we're going to do three point five trillion to the banks. Okay, that's what they told us. Small problem with those official numbers. They're complete and total bullcrap. Levy Economics Institute is the one that got the FOIA and they have the findings. And let me give you the truth of what the Fed did between 2008 and 2010. The Fed bailed out the banks. Now, they said they'd give three point five trillion dollars. Well, Citigroup, it's almost nationalizing Citigroup. Citigroup got $2.5 trillion. Morgan Stanley got $2 trillion. Merrill Lynch got $1.9 trillion. Bank of America got $1.3 trillion. But that's not all. <laughs> we gave billions to the Bank of Scotland, Germany, Switzerland, the UK, France, Belgium. Hmm. We gave $3.7 trillion to Japan, $1.4 trillion to the UK, $1.3 trillion to Germany. We bailed the world out to the, tr- to the tune, you want to know why they needed 10 years? To the tune of $29 trillion. They digitized $29 trillion and didn't tell you a damn thing about it. And they gave it to people all over the world. $3.7 trillion to Japan, to the UK, to Germany, separately. $1.4 to the UK, $1.3 to Germany. Now, gee... We're trying to figure out why inflation is going through the roof. 1.4 to the UK. They're now reporting the highest inflation in 30 years. 1.3 million to Germany. The producer price inflation jumped in Germany 24.2%. The highest since World War II. Do you remember my prediction in 2010 when I was questioning this and I asked, is any of this money going overseas? Of course, that was insane to even ask. The reason why I asked is because if we inflate our money, the rest of the world will be hit first with inflation much worse than ours. Much worse than ours. And these cowards all across the world who are politicians won't have the, the, the strength or moral character to say, well, I was involved. I, yes, I politicked for that money. And I wanted that money over here, and America was giving it to us, and so we took it. They're not going to say that. They're going to say America inflated their money, and we have that money as our gold. We have that as our reserve currency. They, because of their lavish lifestyle and living it up, they just printed all of this money, and now we're all screwed. That's what's going to happen. Mark my words, and it's going to happen faster than you think, because there's more news. It's not just the 30 trillion that we know about. It's now verified through FOIA. We can show you the numbers. That's a fact. But that's ancient history.
Do you remember when they started giving money um, a, um, in what, 2019, right before, like three months before the pandemic? And I said at the time, there's a crash coming. Something is happening. This is not normal. And we couldn't get anyone to comment on it. No one would say a word. No, no economist could explain what the banks were doing. And I said, this is the biggest robbery of all time. The biggest redistribution of wealth we are going to find out. Well, let me tell you in 60 seconds what they did. Now, we're going to have to probably wait 10 years for verification of this. But let me just take them at their word and do the math. If you think $30 trillion is outrageous, you haven't seen anything yet. You need insurance for life. You really need insurance. Everything is going to become so expensive. Every part, everything is going to get harder to get. If your car is out of warranty, please get insurance. The insurance with car shield will make sure that if you have a costly repair it's like having cancer you know you can take care of the common cold but if if you have cancer boy you better have insurance same thing with your car if it breaks down and it's just a simple chip it might be months before you get that chip what is that going to cost you in a rental car alone please get insurance because by the way they have affordable monthly plans could start as much as a hundred dollars as inflation goes up that doesn't go up the cost to them for a repair is going to go up, but they're not going to charge you for it. Car Shield, the best defense against what we're all facing. Go to carshield.com slash back. If your car needs is out of warranty and you need coverage, don't freak out. They can help you. Carshield.com slash back. Save 10% right now. Deductible may apply. It's carshield.com slash back. 10 seconds. Station ID. Okay. All righty. Okay, then. Okay. So do you remember back in 2019, something started with the banks and they started giving them emergency cash um, because there was some kind of sort of fluctuation and we couldn't figure it out. No economist could. I mean, literally leading economists on CNBC and everything else. They were talking about it, but not a big deal. Uh, but they were talking about it and they were like, we don't know what this is. Okay. And I said, they are bailing out the banks. They are transferring wealth and they're doing it on an epic scale. And it started at $50 billion a day. They were making available any bank that needed it could get $50 billion to loan uh, overnight. And then you'd pay it back the next day. Then it became uh, the, the first night there was such demand. It quickly went up to $150 billion every single night. And you didn't have to pay it back right away. First, it was right away. Then it was three days. Then it was a, fuck, a couple of weeks. And then it was, uh, I think, three months. And then it became kind of like, do you ever have to pay this back? Then we went into the pandemic. April of 2020, they began issuing loans $1 trillion per week. 
officials tell me most likely they don't have to ever pay that back. These all these loans, they're not they're not actually getting they're, nobody's getting the money back. OK, one trillion dollars a week. We know that to be a fact now because of the secrecy of the Fed. We can't verify what I'm going to do, but let's do the math. And this would be insane. I would have never done this if we hadn't have gotten the official numbers from the Fed of what they did in 2008 to 2010, where they digitized $30 trillion and then lied to us and said it was only five. $30 trillion. That's a fact. The fact is, in April, they said they were going to continue this loan to all of the banks at a trillion dollars a week. Well, it's been 95 weeks. That would equate to $95 trillion plus the 30. Transitory? Even at 30, transitory inflation? You cannot believe any of these people in Washington. What this means is your children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren are on the hook for trillions of dollars you never got because they went to banks and banks all over the world. We have no idea where this money is going because they won't answer the question. This is why you're seeing today, but what, two days ago, IMF came to, to uh, what, El Salvador and said, stop using Bitcoin, can't use Bitcoin. They're trying to stop all Bitcoin. The, yesterday, the Biden administration came out and said, cryptocurrency has got to stop. We're going to regulate, basically, we're going to regulate these things to death. Okay, what's your plan? Your plan is a Fed coin. Because this money is going to be shown to be completely worthless soon. Please look at assets. Please look at assets. There's a reason the Great Reset and this information is being suppressed everywhere. The Glenn Beck Program. Oh, we go to Canada in just a second. What's happening in Canada is even insane. Let me tell you about my pillow. By the way, President Trump is going to be joining us in half an hour. Uh, my pillow. Now more than ever, we it is imperative that we do business with companies whose values uh, line up with ours and who value us as people. My pillow is one of those companies, and you've helped build my pillow into an incredible company that it is. They have a special offer. Uh, right now, for a limited time, he has Mike Lindell has his slippers, my slippers, for fifty percent off with the promo code back. These are great slippers. I love them. You can wear them. I mean, they look like loafers, so you can wear them anywhere. But they're really, really comfy. Make sure you check out the Overstock sale as well. Deep discounts on select pillows, towels, sheets, and so much more for a limited time. My pillow, and you can get the slippers for fifty percent off right now. All their products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Enter the promo code BECK. Call 800-966-3117. 800-966-3117. Go there now. MyPillow.com. Use the promo code BECK. Coming up in about a half an hour, it's a Glenn's conversation with President Donald Trump. Coming up.
We have so much to talk about. I want to make sure that you understand. We have verified from the Fed through FOIA $30 trillion that they gave to the banks. $30 trillion. The $95 trillion that we talked about is speculation, taking them at their word. They said they were giving the banks of the world and lending them $1 trillion a week. We don't know anything about it because they can keep it secret. Just taking it that it's been 95 weeks. Have they done it again? I don't know. This is ugly. Let me show you what is going on now in Canada. Uh, in Canada, and Canadians just don't do this. They, they just don't rise up. They're kind of like, I don't know, it's cold outside. Do we have to march and protest? Um, you know, I grew up on the border of Canada, and they're very calm and peaceful people and, and everything else. And they don't get riled up uh, real easily. Well, they're riled up. And there's a trucker convoy now to Ottawa. It's a freedom convoy, 20, uh, 2022. It's supposed to be in Ottawa. Uh, I think they're there now. And today and tomorrow, they're saying there were maybe as many as 500,000 people showing up in Ottawa to protest the mask mandates. This is massive, massive. B.J. Uh, Dichter is on the phone. He's a spokesperson from the Canadian Trucker Freedom Convoy. B.J., how are you, sir? Good to talk to you, my friend. How are you? Well, um, good. I wish you guys didn't have to do this, but I'm glad you are standing up. Uh, tell me about the convoy and what you're protesting specifically, and how many people do you think are really going to show up? Well, basically, there's two, um, there's two general areas that we're most concerned with. One is the uh, authoritarian mandates, um, the lack of freedom of choice. And the other is this app, which I discussed last night in Tucker Carlson. And I explained that the other night when I was coming across the border for the first time using a COVID app on my phone, okay, I drive up to the border gate and I hold my phone to show the QR code to the border agent. And you know what he says? He says, oh, it's okay, I don't need to see it. I said, why, isn't there the regular? He said, no, 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 you already popped up on my computer. So as soon as you drive in a certain vicinity of my uh, booth, I can see your passport and all of your documentation before you even come here. Oh my gosh. And I thought, yeah, what is that? When do we start, you know, expanding that technology across the entire country? There's your basis for social credit and tracking absolutely everybody, which is what we've been saying about this the entire time. And nobody's been listening to us. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's just everything is happening. You know, uh, John Kerry was uh, meeting about the Great Reset and they asked, you know, is this going to happen? And he said, this is going to happen at a greater speed and intensity than anyone can imagine. And it is. All of these things are coming together at such speed and intensity. It is crazy. Meanwhile, you guys are being called racist and all kinds of names. Yeah, well, listen, we're not afraid of open and free speech and dialogue. You get, a, you get in a truck and listen to the CB. It's um, there's some colorful language, not nearly as colorful as the language of some of these liberals, kids who are playing Xbox and Call of Duty. Um, but we're not afraid of colorful language because you know what? That's the pressure valve. That's why we need freedom Amen. of speech. Amen. 
you, we don't get along. We don't do, agree on certain things. Great. We'll yell at each other. And you know what? We'll calm down five minutes later and we'll all be one unified nation. And that's the, the core fundamental problem of this. You know, we all see that the, the basic philosophy underlying this entire problem that with all the truckers are angry and fighting about is we don't want the government to protect us. We want the government to protect our rights. And they've been negligent in that. And they are violating the Charter of Freedom of Rights and the spirit of the Charter of Freedom of Rights to do all this for the Great Reset, for, you know, this authoritarian AI, modern communist, nut, this philosophy, which is completely crazy. So tell me how many trucks are going to show up? Are you what kind of crowd are you expecting? And when does this really hit? When does this all culminate today or tomorrow? Uh, it's going to start trickling in tonight over the next couple of days because there are so many trucks. I, I went to a, a quick delivery into the United States, like I mentioned, uh, early in the week. I left on Tuesday and came back late Tuesday night. I have never seen so few trucks on the road in my life. It was a ghost town everywhere. But there were a lot of trucks going under underpasses with crowds of people in every province of the country. Think about that. Imagine in the United States that somebody is driving down, a convoy is driving down, I don't know, I-95 from New York to Florida. And at every overpass, there's a crowd of a couple of hundred people holding up signs. You know, we love you. We support you. Freedom. And that's, that's really the essence of this. It's more than just truckers. Everybody is fed up. I was a candidate for the Conservative Party several years ago. We no longer have a Conservative Party. We have a uniparty. Well, now the truckers have become the official opposition, and this is the outlet that people are using to speak. That's why there's almost $7 million in donations there in a week. It's not about the money. It's they don't have a place to, to park their vote because they don't have a voice in our system anymore. It's a little terrifying what's happening, isn't it, BJ? You know, I, I, I mentioned last night, I spent a lot, of, uh, a lot of time living in Latin America and traveling through Latin America. Not only in some of the most dangerous countries there, not only have I seen areas like Alberta, which is our Texas, settled by Texans, turned into the most prosperous economic center of the country, where now it looks like a third world country. Um, it's terrifying what's going on and it's not stopping. And the underlying, you know, postmodernist philosophy that these people hold these worlds and they don't understand it, that you try to, to talk to them about their philosophy and point out the flaws. And like Yuri Bezmenov said, you're stuck with them. You can show them that white is white, black is black, and they just don't understand. It's really scary. Let me, uh, I want to play something here. Do we have the audio from the uh, World Economic Forum? Uh, this is, this is happened, I think, last week uh, or early this week. This is the World Economic Forum in Davos talking to all of the elites uh, about the elites. And I want you to listen to what they said. Here it is. At Davos a few years ago, you know, the Edelman survey showed us that... The good news is the elite across the world trust each other more and more. 
so we can come together and design and do beautiful things together. The bad news is that in every single country they were polling, the majority of people trusted that elite less. Uh, yeah, but, but listen to them. But we can gather together and we can make decisions. They're cutting us out of all of these decisions. They're not made by the people of the world anymore. They're made all by the elites. And the arrogance, I think, is just going to cause, I mean, it could cause mass starvation around the world alone, let alone upheaval like we've never seen before. I think also one of the problems we do is we always cede ground to them. We allow them to be defined by terms that have positive connotations. Elite is a term with positive connotations. I'm sorry, they're not the global elite. This may sound harsh, but they're global scavengers going across the country, taking up all of our resources and putting the rest of us into serfdom. And to show the depth of penetration that they have, we have, uh, there's an MP that I used to be friendly with that we had a good relationship named Michelle Rempel. And Michelle was on our side. She's a good, good representative. She's a fighter, fighter from Western, from Alberta. Great. Then she went to Davos one year mm-hmm. and she was listed on that, uh, the junior world leaders of the World Economic Forum. And she came back and shortly after, I don't know, a couple months later, she started putting out uh, posts on her Twitter profile apologizing that she was a cisgendered white female Mm. out of nowhere. And that is completely out of character for who she is. Uh, That's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with politicians that unfortunately they're just going for the easy money and they think there's not going to be any conflict that way. Well, let let me, let me ask you this because it's not just the politicians. They are using, I mean, we know they've always used uh, media. I mean, she's the regulations of media, the CBC and everything else in Canada is crazy. But you guys, are you getting your message out? And how is that happening? Because everything is being censored. All of YouTube, everything else. How is this word getting out? Well, my little strategy that I've been using this entire time was to avoid any central point of messaging uh, on any of the platforms. So if we had made a Freedom Convoy, I don't know, Twitter account or whatever it was, right, it would be banned. It would be for whatever reason. But I do know there's a hashtag system and we can coalesce around the hashtag system, make it variable and change it up frequently and have the leaders and primary accounts uh, share this information abroad, and that's how we've been subverting all the uh, censorship. So this is what it would look like if we were able to speak openly and not be censored. Uh, this is what you would get, and you would have gotten this last year. This is why they keep trying to, uh, to censor everybody. And you know what, Glenn? I don't want the left to be censored either. I don't either. I want to hear what they yes. say. So when I disagree with them, we can at least engage in dialogue. Correct. So, BJ, last question. Um, Yeah. With everything that's going on, do you think the crowd is going to be as big as you hope? uh, Or are people afraid? They're hoping somebody else will stand up for them. And so it'll be you guys out there. 
you know, that's normally the nature of not just Canadians, but human beings. They yeah. always want a leader to stand up and do the fighting for them. And I don't blame them. You know, they've yeah, got kids, know. responsibilities, yeah. whatever. But uh, it seems to be the global political class uh, has crossed the line and they made one very big mistake. They wanted Justin Trudeau to be a global brand. Well, they got their wish. And now the convoy to Canberra in Australia is starting up. There's a convoy in Europe starting up. So this, is, uh, this doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. The only thing that I hope you and others can help communicate to your listeners and people who are on the road listening to this is this is peaceful. Do not take the bait from the agitators on the radical left. They will show up. They will throw things at your truck. They will call you racist. They will try to get people going into buildings. We're doing none of that. We're going to have a daily intelligence slash safety briefing from an intelligence analyst who works with us. You can follow the Quiggin Report podcast Twitter for those updates. We're going to work with police, inform them everything that's going on. Keep every Because we saw what happened in January 6th, and that's what they're praying for here. They want somebody to lose their temper so that can be the scapegoat for them, and we're not going to give it to them. I pray for you and all that are involved. What you're doing, BJ, is incredibly important, uh, and hopefully it will inspire millions more all around the world to stand up because we are truly on the verge of losing our, our rights that make us human. BJ, God bless you. Thank you, Glenn. That's Canadian uh, trucker Freedom Convoy spokesperson BJ uh, Dichter on the convoy that is in Ottawa, and it happens this weekend. So here's something you might not have known. The secret to effective world-class skincare is the base. The goodness of a creamy, one-of-a-kind base that absorbs easily into your skin to target those under-eye bags and puffiness, forehead wrinkles, laugh lines, dark circles, and yes, even a sagging jawline. It's exactly what you're going to get with GenuCell. It's the best in skincare. GenuCell's flower-based formula was uh, created by a pharmacist who deliver, wanted to deliver scientifically researched ingredients to the areas you want to look most young. Hmm. GenuCell's immediate effects. You can see uh, results in 12 hours guaranteed. And GenuCell promises results that you'll fall in love with each time you look in the mirror or you'll get 100% of your money back. Now is the time to give GenuCell a try and see if the same life-changing results that millions across the country can work for you as well. And, you know, look, there's no risk here. You can get your money back if it doesn't. If you're a skeptic, don't be a skeptic. As part of Jenny Cell's early Valentine's Day sale, get their most popular package for over 60% off right now at GenuCell.com. It's GenuCell.com. Enter the promo code BECK35 for an extra 35 bucks off. Plus, you can visit GenuCell.com now and select your complimentary gift at checkout. GenuCell.com. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. The Glenn Beck Program. This is this is the Glenn Beck program coming up in uh, coming up in just a second. uh, Donald Trump, he's going to be joining us. I want to talk to him about uh, (laughs) 
I want to talk to him uh, about Ukraine and what's coming and the economy and what's coming. So we'll see. He should have some good insight on Ukraine, considering he's a Russian agent since 1987. Gosh, that's what I read that. And I did you? believe it. Yeah. I did you see totally that? Believe did it. you see that Buddha judge came out and the government now has a new zero death goal for highway <laughs> and street accidents? And so now they're encouraging states and everybody else to reduce their speed limits. Oh, good. That's yeah. what we need right now. When the cars are safer and yeah. uh, than they've ever been before. Yeah. Now is the time. Well, to- they said we now we now recognize this crisis and epidemic. There's 20,000 people that die on our highways every year. And when we had covid, that number went way down and we cannot return to normal. So there was an old, an old bit where they were like mocking the government for their safety standards. I think it was something that reason did. And it was the speed limit was nine was the proposal. I, we may get there. <laughs> We may I get don't there. know. Nine is still a pretty. I mean, that's a that is is. I mean, it's a three thousand pound vehicle. I mean, that's oh gosh, akin right. to a handgun, even a bullet at nine miles an hour. It'll kill you. Mm. It'll kill you dead. <laughs> I don't think it will. This is the Glenn Back Program. And welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It is Friday. Today, the next half hour, a one-on-one with President Donald Trump in 60 seconds. Cannot wait to talk to him about Ukraine and are we going to war or what's happening here? Uh, All right, let me tell you about LifeLock cyber criminals. They love their job. They get up every day, don't put on a pair of pants. They go down to the basement and they just try to hack and hack and hack. Uh, And their gain is your loss. That's why you need identity theft protection. Identity theft is getting worse and worse and worse. And you're not going to be able to stop it. I mean, nobody can stop everything. But you need somebody who is the best of the best on your side looking at everything, and that is LifeLock. LifeLock by Norton. You can save 25% off your first year of protection with promo code BECK. They not only look for things and alert you in case something is happening, but they also have a team of specialists to help mop it up, God forbid, if there's something that does go down. 800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK. For 25% off now. Mr. President. Hi, Glenn. How are you, sir? Thank you so much for joining good. us. Good. Good. Well, thank you. Uh, so, are we going... Is Russia going into Ukraine, and what does it mean for us? 
Well, I think, first of all, I know how you feel about it, but first of all, uh, this is something that never would have happened. This is not even a possibility, what's going on now. This is a total lack of respect for him and for our country, and it's a disaster. Now, whether they go in or not, maybe Putin doesn't even know, because I really think he wasn't going to go in. But after watching a couple of those press conferences and the statements that he's going in, like routinely, I think he figures, well, nobody's going to stop him. Uh, as I've been saying, NATO is a paper tiger because it's going to break up every t- any time it has a challenge. It really never had a challenge until this. And you see Germany breaking up and others breaking up. They don't want to fight. And all that money is you know spent on NATO from the United States. Before I got there, Glenn, they were sp- in my opinion, the United States was paying 100% the cost of NATO. They were all delinquent. Uh, other than eight countries, they were delinquent. They weren't paying or they weren't paying anywhere near what they were supposed to be paying by agreement. So NATO is uh, looking like it's uh, seen better days. And it's just, uh, I I think maybe Putin was just trying to negotiate. And he's a good negotiator. And he's dealing with people that, that don't have a clue. And I think what's happened is they've just said, you know, go in. We're not going to do anything. We're going to put we're going to put sanctions on. We're going to sanction you. And I think to take over a country for sanctions maybe isn't such a bad deal for him. Jeez. So yesterday, CNN was reporting that um, uh, the president, uh, Biden, called the leader of Ukraine and it didn't go well, according to Ukrainian officials. And uh, apparently Biden said that Kiev would be um, uh, sacked is, I think, the quote that they used. Uh, now the Biden administration is saying that's not true. It went great. We had a wonderful conversation and we never said any of those things. Who do we believe here? Yeah, well, they also added that, uh, but we might have said it, but they shouldn't have leaked it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a bunch of clowns. It's uh, very sad for our country. You know, it all started. As, as bad as the border is, and it's the worst in history, including drugs coming in, but as the bad as the border is, it really started with the horrible and incompetent way they got out of Afghanistan. We could have gotten out with dignity and strength. We were set to do that. I, I got it down to 2,000 soldiers from, as you know, many times that number, and we were set to do it. And you take the military out last, not first. They took the military out first. And then they left the $85 billion and we lost 13 people. But, you know, not only did we lose 13, we had many people really badly hurt. And nobody ever talks about them. But the way we got out of Afghanistan, I think that's when all this stuff happened. Uh, If you look, President Xi of China was watching, Putin was watching, Kim Jong-un was watching. And we became overnight a whole different country in terms of levels of respect. I think it was the most embarrassing day or week that this country's ever had. I, I just grossly incompetent. So let me ask you this, because uh, I agree incompetence plays a role, but also, I mean, uh, it, it's really hard not to say, you know, your, your batting average is so bad. Or I don't know if you're really on the team. When it comes to Ukraine, how much does Joe and Hunter Biden's, you know, workings over in Ukraine complicate the, the matter? 
Well, a lot of people I noticed this morning, a lot of people were saying that because of Hunter Biden getting all of that money from Burisma, uh, I guess you could say 164,000 a month or 83,000 a month, different Mm -hmm. numbers. But in any event, a lot, three million dollars up front. Uh, because of his great knowledge of energy, when in fact he has no knowledge, <laughs> he has no knowledge of energy. Well, he has. So a- it was a bribe. It was a payoff. I think it makes it. I think it makes it very uh, difficult uh, for them to do what they think they should do. But you have that problem with Russia too, because the mayor of Moscow's wife gave him three and a half million dollars. What was that all about? That's a lot of money. What was that all about? And, of course, you have it in China where they gave him a billion five to manage, where he'll take in hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for himself. So he's conflicted at every level, Whether no matter what country you go to. The whole thing is a disgrace. The, the news today, again, back to Ukraine, is that Putin has put uh, uh, significant uh, trauma teams uh with the troops that's not just positioning you don't you don't you don't normally do that um should we be involved in this should we at least be arming them what should we do well uh europe should be totally involved when germany made the pipeline deal i sent a white flag to angela who i got along with actually very well a different side of the plate but that's okay. She was, uh, she was, uh, she had views that were a lot different than mine in many cases, but I sent the white flag of surrender because Germany made a deal with Russia, with the pipeline and Nord Stream is a disaster. And I'm the one that brought that out. Nobody even knew about it. Mm -hmm. I used to talk about it all the time. Then they'd say, Oh, he's weak in Russia. Putin would say, you're killing me with this pipeline. But I got it stopped, and it was stopped. It was stopped cold. But I told Angela, I said, you're tying your whole country into Russia because once you're going to get energy, and don't listen to them when they say 20%. It's 72% or more of their energy is going to come out of Russia. That means that Russia controls them. Russia owns Germany. In one of the dumbest moves I've ever seen, where they're getting their energy, a large portion. And it's remember, it's over 70%. They're trying to say it's 30 and 40%. And even if that is too much, but it's over 70%. They closed their plants. They closed their nuclear plants and other plants. They got rid of coal, which was, uh, you know, seeming it to greatness because frankly, the coal was, you know, they, they had great ability. Right now they're having brownouts and every other thing. But they're getting their energy from Russia. So Russia has total control over Germany. And Germany's saying, oh, well, we don't want to fight them. They can't fight them because of what's happening with the energy. So it's very interesting to see. But I would really say it is a European problem. Don't forget, we've been paying for NATO. We've been paying for really 100% until I got involved. The numbers went down, 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 like on a roller coaster downward. And I got involved, and I after my first meeting, I said, you know, you guys aren't paying your bills. And I was very strong on it. Obama would make a speech and leave, and other people would make speeches, Bush, and leave. They wouldn't say anything about it. And I said, you're not paying your bills. And I asked about it, Stoltenberg, who actually was my biggest fan because he couldn't believe what I did. And we had a meeting, 28 countries. We had a meeting, and I said, uh, you got to pay your bills. And one of the 
president stood up and said, does that mean you wouldn't defend us if we haven't paid our bills? I said, that's what it means. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, which almost didn't get reported. But the bottom line is the next day the money started flowing in. Darn right. So they, they paid the money, but they don't have the heart to work together. And if you're not going to work together, but this is a big problem. It's really not a problem for the United States. The only thing is we look so bad. We look so weak. We look so stupid after Afghanistan. Well, and, and it, it's uh, the, terrible. The, the messages that China and all of our enemies are receiving for this are, are quite remarkable. When you were, we're obviously Absolutely. talking to number 45 and probably number 47. Um, when you were in office, you said sanctions uh, on Russia 16 times. You had the Nord Stream 2 pipeline sanction, indictments right. on Russia five times, military action with a counterattack in uh, Syria, uh, lethal weapons were reported provided to Ukraine, which hadn't been done, 10 million in funding to the Navy. You uh, kicked 60 Russian intelligence operations out of the United States. You withdrew from the INF treaty. You were really tough on Russia. But the most, the thing I think that made the biggest impact, and I'm wondering what role this played uh, with the reversal from Biden, the biggest impact, the way to keep uh, Putin under wraps is to collapse the price of oil, which yep, we were doing <laughs> by being energy independent. What role did that well, play did in that this? Too. And, and the nice thing about, I, I appreciate that list. You know, some of those things I don't even think of. We did all of them and, and I appreciate that list. I'm going to get a copy of that. Have that sent immediately to me. I think I'll mention it this weekend. Yeah. I'm in Texas where we have a, I hear an incredible crowd. Nobody, they don't like to talk about crowd size, yeah. you know, they never mention it, but we could have 85, 90,000 people this weekend in Texas. It's going to be great. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to mention those things that you really do. You bring up items that I've done so many of them. And I, I actually, one other thing, I got along great with Putin, but he said, you're killing me in some of this stuff. You know, I had a good relationship with him. He would have never done what he did, what he's doing here. And, and by the way, that Len, I really believe that he wasn't going. He was doing it to negotiate, and then he saw these people uh, falling all over themselves not to be involved, and he said, "Wow, I can go in here easy." So I think it's much different. I think two weeks ago he had no intention of doing it. He was just negotiating and doing his shtick, which he likes to do, and now he's seeing it's like it's like a clear path. Because of the stupid people he's dealing with. And is there, what would you say to Putin now if, if you were talking to him? Well, now is a whole different story because now, and he's really ready to go. And, you know, people are amazed at the newness and sophistication of his weapons. You know, I don't know if you've been seeing that, yes. but they are really, they are really surprised by the weaponry. I'm not surprised because that's what he does. I mean, that's what certain of these people do. Kim Jong-un, mm-hmm. he's got some pretty powerful things going in there too. But, and he's starting to do tests like he hasn't actually, like he's never done before. He's really seeing the same thing. They're all watching. They all watched. Look, they all watched what took place in Afghanistan, not the withdrawal, but the way they withdrew. And, uh, just it's very sad i think right now it's a whole different thing and i i I must tell you i was asked a question last night i said i wouldn't want to tell you what i tell him because you know you got you can't tell everything you know you're playing a very highly sophisticated game of poker 
And, you know, you can't go out to the public and say, I would tell him this or I would tell him that. You got to do what you have to do and tell him things that are very tough. And But you can't reveal that to mm-hmm. the public until maybe after it's all done. But I think there are ways of talking him out of it. One of the things that you mentioned was so important is I drove the price of oil down and that really hurt Russia and was killing OPEC. And now we're going back to OPEC because we don't have oil. It's amazing. It's not even believable. We were energy independent just a year ago and we were going to be double the size of both. And now we're like a bunch of... uh, we're like a bunch of beggars. We're going back to OPEC and asking them to give us oil. We're going to Russia. You know, they're, they're giving oil to the East Coast. Can you believe it? We had so much oil, we didn't know what to do with it, Len. I drove the price down. In fact, I drove it down so low, I had to get it back up a little bit for the industry itself, right? But uh, that was killing for Russia, what I did. So, And now, now they're talking about $150 a barrel. Which was the point of economic collapse in 2008. It was $130 a barrel in 2008, and then it caused... The, That's right. It was the final straw. But who would have thought when I was doing the oil, when we had it down to $25 a barrel, who would have thought we would have ever had this, where this conversation that we're having right now? So everything that you... $150. Everything that you look at, there is no way that you you can say these people see America the same way America has always seen America. This is just not a series of mistakes. And you want to talk about systemic. These policies and this kind of thinking, systemic throughout the system, and inflation is just beginning. Mr. President, is there, I mean, are you meeting with people? Let's just pretend that you might be running for president is there a okay. thought of people getting together and making a naughty and nice list on how you can uh, clean this hornet's nest out quickly? Well, we can, but don't forget, we're having, in my opinion, 10 million more people here. Many of the people should not be in our country. But many of these people are dangerous, very, very dangerous people. Not only, you know, those that plane lift from Afghanistan was a disaster, disaster because only 3% of those people should have been here. You're going to be reading about this for years to come. Some of those people that came off should not, they're terrorists and they should not be in this country. And then you see what's happening at the Southern border last week, 121 people, 121 countries were represented by people that came in, but the numbers are much worse than you're hearing. You know, the numbers you're hearing are, I had the border really at, at the lowest level ever. And that included drugs. And all they had to do is go to the beach. They didn't have to do anything. It was so good getting better. The wall was almost complete. You know, they could have completed the wall in three weeks. It was supposed to. It took me two years to get it started because I had this. The Democrats sued me uh, 11 different times. You know that I won all of the cases, all of the suits. And then I proceeded and the wall was almost finished. And then they didn't. They refused to do it. It's, It's not even believable. It, what what we're dealing with. I thought that was incompetence too when they, you know, they showed the open borders. And then I realized this is really their philosophy, open borders, no voter ID. They cheat on elections. Uh, that's all they're good at, by the way, is politics, cheating on elections, but they have a horrible policy. Think of, I mean, 
who would have the kind of policy they're going to raise your taxes to a level that nobody's ever seen before? That's going to be next. Who, who can get elected with this? They get elected because they cheat like hell in elections. That's about it. It's about all they can do well. If they use the same genius, by the way, for Russia, Ukraine, China, for uh, North Korea, if they use the same genius that they do at cheating on elections, uh, we'd have no problems. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. President, thank you very much. God bless you. Well, Glenn, thank you. Great job you do. Thanks a lot, Glenn. God bless. All right, commentary uh, on that and so much more. Uh, And Congressman Chris Stewart is in studio with us, and we're going to get his uh, look at what the president just said. Uh, Realestateagentsitrust.com is my company that I started out of frustration about nine years ago. Uh, And it was, how do you find a good real estate agent? Because I don't know, I just, somebody will say, you know, I use this person, they were really good. You don't know anything about them. You don't know how to interview them. And then you just you get you know, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. That that that's not a good that's not a good way of hiring people. You need the person who has the best track record, the one who sells the homes fastest for the most amount of money, can help negotiate into your next home and get it at a price that you can afford and that is right. You're not overpaying. You need an expert, and that is the person that we can find in your area at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a free service for you. It's a referral business, but we check these out, these people, six ways to Sunday, uh, and we monitor them all the time to make sure that they are on track. You want a great real estate agent? Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Whether you're buying, selling, moving across the street or across the country, We have agents everywhere. Realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. There was a couple of big things that I thought came out of that interview. First of all, this is not going to affect America or Americans in any way other than who's watching and what the world is uh, learning. Um... It wouldn't have happened, and he said several times he thought this was a negotiation tactic. Uh, also, also I thought it was very interesting, uh, his comments about gas and oil prices, and did anybody notice he put Kim Jong-un in the same category with Vladimir Putin? Anybody notice that? Uh, and he wouldn't say... That was a restrained answer from President Trump. Full analysis coming up. Back program. Let me ask you a question. You know all the things that we're fighting on a daily basis to preserve the country, and it is getting harder and harder to see how we win. Well, I will tell you, and I've said this for years, I don't think we win. I think our children win and our grandchildren win. I think it is going to be up to that generation. We just have to do everything we can to support them and to teach them the truth and then, you know, show them how to love and and be good and stand up for what is right. Well, an easy way to do that is with the Tuttle Twins books. They teach about freedom, the history of America. They teach so much more than that. They also teach, uh, you know, the road to serfdom. Uh, They teach Bastiat. Bastiat. I mean, they teach everything and stuff that most of us haven't read. 
Tuttle Twins. They make it easy for somebody who is, you know, six and you're reading bedtime story to 25 years old or even me. Tuttle Twins. Great books. Get them. Every home should have them. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Go there now. And head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Joining me today is uh, Congressman Chris Stewart. He is the author of a new book. And, you know, I'll have these guys on and they talk about a new book. And usually it's like, okay. Um, Chris actually is a great writer. He's a great mind. Uh, And his co-author is your son, isn't it? Um, His brother is a federal judge. Your other brother was a colonel uh, in the Air, Air Force. Force. Um, gosh, I'm missing other brothers. Uh, and you're a congressman. Your family is wildly patriotic. I mean, honestly. And not embarrassed about it. And not embarrassed about it. Uh, and we have been talking about how do we get out of this mess for a very long time. Uh, and first, I just want to get your reaction to President Trump. And uh, I know you're on the Intel Committee, but you can't tell us anything. Uh, but, you know, what, what are we facing here with Ukraine? Yeah. He just said nothing is going to come of it for Americans. We're not going to other than the message it sends to the rest of the world. Do you agree with that? Yeah, although that's an important message. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Turns out. Well, look, as I listened to you and the, and the president, and I thought it was a great interview, uh, but for the thousandth time, I wished this man was our president still. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to someone yesterday who was, you know, I don't want to say they're a never-Trumper, but they didn't support this president. And I said, look at the world around us and, and tell me that you're not partly responsible for that then. And how could you look at the world around us and say this is any way better than what it was a year ago? I and, take bad tweets every minute. Yep. At the minute. Yep, yep. And, you know, we have the chaos, but without any of the benefits because it's just a remarkably different world. I mean, I could not have imagined we'd be in this world in just 14 months. And as I listen to the president, again, I'm reminded of that. I think one of the most important things he says, and the people mention this, but I don't think they appreciate how true it is. And that is Vladimir Putin took his measure of this president in the Mm -hmm. last year, particularly in Afghanistan. And he said to his staff, this is the time. This is our opportunity. And if he does not go into the Ukraine, it will be because he's changed his mind. But this president, President Biden, is doing nothing to change his Do mind. Do you believe, Chris, that uh, what the president said was true, that he was just negotiating, had no intent, and then watching what's happening he's like are you kidding me you're practically giving me the country i'm taking it i think there's there's absolute truth to that but i think it's a little more complicated than that as well back in april vladimir putin did this and he positioned himself and most people don't even realize that we paid very little attention of it to it because we thought you know he was just posturing but uh we do have analysis and insights into the president uh, of, of russia now that we didn't have available then and you know it's it's pretty clear 
that he actually made a decision. We're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And then every military action he's taken since then reinforces that conclusion. As a military guy, because didn't you sent the speed record uh, at one point? Yeah, fastest nonstop flight around the world. Yeah. Back when I had a job that I loved. Yeah, okay. So (laughs) you were in the military. Um, Why would you put these critical medical units right there on the border if you weren't serious and you weren't expecting real trouble yeah well that's exactly right and i mean he's brought troops and and uh, some artillery and other pieces as far away as from the north korean border we've never seen that before his positioning of the heavy armor and other things in belarus which is clearly designed to go directly into the heart of kiev i mean this is this will be a three-pronged military attack and and as i said unlike anything we've ever seen before he's positioned himself for that but i do think that they can dissuade him from doing this. But, you know, sanctions, we can talk about SWIFT, you can talk about repositioning our troops in NATO allies, you know, Poland, Latvia, and Baltics. The one thing that Vladimir Putin fears more than anything else isn't losing some Russian soldiers in the invasion. It's losing Russian soldiers week after week after week from a resistance. And And is that happening? Are people starting? Well, we'll see what this president does. Because if he were to clearly say, we will arm and support a resistance movement. not going to do it. But if he did, that's yeah. again, that's one thing that's that Vladimir Putin is, is really terrified of. That's what happened in Poland. Yep. And we didn't even have to arm them. The president, Reagan, just said, rise up. Support them. We support right. you. We yep. see you. We support you. I think the biggest news for us, Stu, how this is going to affect us, is I don't think we're ever going to be able to go to Chernobyl. We'll never see it. No, that's not. I know. We'll no, never see it. I, they're putting troops, I've heard, in those areas I because know. they're worried about. Imagine having to defend chernobyl and the region around it but yes no i we do need to still go there somehow yeah well maybe we can end our our tour in a gulag in a russian gulag Uh, you know i mean it could be better than this Uh, yeah could be could be (laughs) um chris i i you are going to be um part of my my friday exclusive on the blaze but i have about 45 minutes with you and i want to talk to you about the book that you just wrote the final fight for freedom I think this is a critically important book at exactly the right time. How to save our country from chaos and war. Um, you know the tech part of it. Um, and I, I just want to spend five minutes on what people don't know that we're facing. Because here's the, here's the thing. Big tech, huge business. And governments all over the world know exactly what's coming, and none of them have the balls to say it to any any of their citizens. And it is it is the biggest crime against humanity, I believe, because they know and it is clear what is coming. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not talking about the usual stuff. Hang on just a second. And I want to show you this is from the WEF. This is the Great Reset people. I want you to listen to how they just spoke about them versus you. Listen. At Davos a few years ago, you know, the Edelman survey showed us that the good news is the elite across the world trust each other more and more. So we can come together and design and do beautiful things together. The bad news is that in every single country they were polling, the majority of people trusted that elite less. Hmm. So the important thing to grab on that is they know and they're designing beautiful things 
and we don't trust them and they're not telling us. So what is coming? Oh my gosh, how can you listen to that quote and not laugh? Not openly laugh. The elites trust each other, but the other guys don't trust us. And Glenn, you said they're not only not warning people, as you point out in the Great Reset, uh, they're part of it. They're an integral part of it. And so, I mean, what, what this book does, uh, The Final Fight for Freedom, it talks about what's going to happen in the future. I mean, we actually... And we're not talking future, future. We're, no, talking we're talking around the corner. That's right. We're, and you mentioned, you know, our kids. I mean, I think this is, this is not a generation away, the, the, the view that we have here. It's how does society fail, why society fails, and, uh, and the weapons our adversaries are going to use against us at that point. And the premise is really simple. We are committing national suicide. We are so divided ourselves. Hang on just a second, because you and I had a conversation off the air a couple of days ago, and you said that in a very sobering way. You told me you had just come out of a meeting. You couldn't tell me what the meeting was or what it was about or anything. He said, but you and others looked at each other and said, this is national suicide. We're committing suicide. There are times when we have briefings and your jaw just drops. And you just think, how in the world could we do this to ourselves? Because it's not inevitable. And some of the things we're doing don't have to be done. Or we could counter these things. But sometimes you walk out and you realize we're not. Or we won't. We could and we won't. And, and I use that phrase national suicide very, very carefully. But, uh, but if we divide ourselves and weaken ourselves, China's not going to send troops into the Bay of San Francisco. They're not going to have to. Mm -hmm. If you want to know about quantum computing and really understand the physics behind it, read this book. It's fascinating stuff. It is. It's really, you really and I, cool. The one thing I love about you is you're into futurist stuff. And you and I have had calls, you know, in the middle of the afternoon, middle of the night going quantum quantum computing are you are you seeing this yeah. and all of the ai stuff and you address it and you must address it yeah because that's what that's the weapons that our adversary in this case china so give a just give a little preview of what's in the book well it starts out with this scene of a, a person you find out he was one of the elites we just talked about he's a very wealthy very well-known media personality and he's with his daughter uh, trying to maneuver through Washington, D.C., through the gangs and the fires and the violence to find food. And, and that's kind of the, the introduction to this is the world that we're looking at. And again, Glenn, it's not, you know, our grandchildren. No, uh, the society, we'll be alive. We, oh, for sure. Yeah. For, for sure. Yeah. And, and you just kind of back up through it. Okay, we weaken ourselves. At that point, China acts. They use quantum. They use biological weapons, CRISPR, which is terrifying. Uh, drone swarms with AI. Uh, and, and they don't do it in a military attack. They do it to attack our society. But then you have to say, well, what is the answer? Is this inevitable or can we fix this? And we can fix it, but it's not going to be easy. But the answer is really quite simple. You have to create this pressure relief valve to keep our nation strong enough that China doesn't attack us. And in my view, the only way to do that is through severe federalism. Hey, if California wants to go nuts, and in some ways they have, but if they, some ways yeah, okay i'm trying to be generous in, i was just in colorado <laughs> these people are insane well what they're doing with water is insanity well so let's talk about california real quick so they're going to double taxes in order to provide uh uh medical benefits to everyone including people who are there illegally hey if california wants to do that knock yourself out but i'm not paying for it but we but we shouldn't have to correct people in texas shouldn't have to people in utah shouldn't have to let the states decide it was the way our founding fathers intended it if you want to be in vermont if you want to be in portland where you're going to legalize marijuana and legalize heroin hey i think it's insane 
But if you locally and as a state level decide to do that, then go ahead and do it. But we're not going to. And the key to this is you don't feel like you're having this stuff jammed down your throat by Mm -hmm. a federal government that is compelling us to do it. People will then migrate to the states to support their values, support the things they believe in. And if we were to do that, we could keep our country together. We could, it, we would be different, but people would so, be living in places and, and, pre, and living under governments that they support and they don't resent. So there are a couple of things that point to its favor. And one of them is uh, all the all the Republicans, uh, I should say, uh, the conservatives and especially those in living in, in Texas. When Obama was the president, they were jamming all this stuff down everybody's throat. They were like, you know what? Just a seed, just, you know, 10th Amendment. And, uh, you know, we'll live our way and you're not going to tell our state what to do or we'll secede. I don't I'm not for seceding. Um, but the 10th Amendment, the liberals went crazy until Trump was president. And then California said that 10th Amendment's really important. Yeah. So there is some sort of an appetite for that. Well, there is no, no question. I mean, look, we live in a day where people actually in a serious way talk about civil war which would be a catastrophe. There's no way that you can ever support that idea. Again, what are we going to do? Go out and shoot our neighbors because that's what it would be. It's not North versus South. And then they say, okay, maybe we need an amicable divorce. Succession, as you've said. But again, it's completely impractical. For one thing, it destroys our nation. And the second thing is, look, we can't agree on the simple things. Do you think we could peacefully agree on how we're going to divide Social Security or our military or the national debt or ports and rivers. I mean, how could we possibly imagine we could have an amicable and divorce over and with those I gotta, enormous issues? I have to take a break, but when we come back, I, I want to hear your response to these, the 40% of the American people, 40, and there's Democrats, believe that if you don't get your kids vaccinated, you shouldn't have access to your kids. They should be taken away from you. 57% are basically talking about camps yeah. for other people. I can't live next to somebody like that. I have nothing in common because we don't agree on human rights anymore. Yeah. I'd like to hear your comment on that coming up in just a second. First, let me tell you about Built Bar. There comes a time in a person's life where he has to face the simple yet tragic fact. Most snacks will make you fat. Yeah. I know. I lived it. I'm living it really right now. I'm trying to go the other direction and have lost uh, about 12 pounds. Uh, and you know, you just get desperate enough. You're like, okay, all right, I'll start eating protein bars. Okay. I never got to that. However, I am eating protein bars, but I think they're candy bars. Yes. The company says they're protein bars, but they're made with real chocolate and they taste delicious. Really is a protein bar. Does it taste like mint brownies? (laughs) No, no, not any protein bar I've ever had except for built bar built.com i want you to go there try them they've got all kinds of different flavors i would recommend you get the mix pack for your first order but they're really really good built.com use the promo code beck 15 get 15 percent off your order promo code beck 15 at built.com glenn beck join the conversation 888-727-BECK We are back with Congressman Chris Stewart, a Republican from uh, Utah. He has written a book that is a must read, The Final Fight for Freedom. You will begin to understand 
not only what you're facing, but also how fast it's going to happen. The book starts and a year later, you're looking for food out in the streets and yeah, in, 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 in a very credible way. We don't have to stretch imagination. We don't have to step outside of reality to create that kind of scenario. And, and Glenn, the, the important thing, again, is that it doesn't have to be that way. We can stop this from happening. I mean, I, I want to come back to the point before we took the break about you're yeah. saying 40% of them would you know, take children away from someone who hasn't been immunized. They also, about the same number, 40%, would take children away from someone that they consider a racist. Or a, or, or a nationalist. Well, that's all of us in their minds. I mean, the Department of Justice has made it pretty clear. You're a, you're a domestic terrorist if you go to a school board. And so how do, we, how do we come back together? I mean, I've said this for a long time. Our UNAM used to be the Bill of Rights. Yeah. We don't have that anymore. No, not at all. And one of the points we make in this book, and it's ironic but true, the Bill of Rights would never be approved by this Congress. Never. In this world. Never. It just wouldn't be. Uh, I, I think maybe two of them might. You know, you can't uh, house federal soldiers in someone's backyard or in their right. basement. Yeah, right. that one maybe. Uh, but many of the others simply wouldn't be. And this is kind of the kind of the moment we're facing. Look, if you want to argue about tax policy or, you know, a few of these things on the margin, but we're talking about fundamental rights, fundamental freedoms, the Bill of Rights, and how do you compromise on those things? You can't. You just can't. But there is a way out. There okay, way so, out. so go there when we come back. is a congressman from Utah's 2nd Congressional District. He is also a friend of mine, um, but he is also a storyteller at heart. He is a prolific author. He's written 17 books, many of them national bestsellers. Six different countries and languages have printed them. Number one, New York Times bestselling, uh, award-winning author, also a world record-setting Air Force pilot, and importantly, a CEO of a small business or a former CEO before he went to Congress, of a small business uh this guy gets what's coming over the horizon and he's written a new book and the best way to get people to pay attention is to tell it in story form that's what his book the final fight for freedom is how to save our country from chaos and war it is it is the future that could be at our doorstep literally at any time we talk to him about it in 60 seconds So one thing that AI cannot do is uh, they can't replicate uh, empathy. And if you want a job in the future, uh, work on your empathy because that's 
That's the one thing it just absolutely cannot do. And anything you can do to help others is going to become more and more important. That's why uh, I have taken on as a partner Tunnel to Towers, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. These guys were some of the first that were there after the 3,000 people and died in the World Trade Center. You know, we're going to take care of their families. We're going to make sure they don't lose their homes. We're going to make sure the kids get educations. And they have. And they kept their word. But then they went further. Then they went to the military who was going over to fight the bad guys who had done that to the towers. And when somebody comes home and if they're you know, really, really badly injured and have a hard time functioning, they will build them a house um, and they'll build it so they can function in that house and the family can function. They're really good people. They take care of our heroes, whether they are heroes at home or the heroes that go abroad and then come back home. I'd like to ask you to join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in those people's honor. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 11 bucks a month will make a huge difference. T2T.org. Chris Stewart is with me. The name of his book is The Final Fight for Freedom. So let's tell, take us through the book. Well, uh, again, Glenn, thank you for, for the opportunity to be with you today. And by the way, I love Tunnel Towers. Uh, They're and, great, aren't they? Yeah, they really are yeah. in the work that they do. Um, look, I, I want you to know that I'm an optimist. And you and I have known each other yep. for years, and you know that I am. And I mean, right. some of our previous writing is about how, you know, we, God cares about this country. And there's something extraordinary right. about this and, nation. And, and so people know, you and I are friends. Your brother actually runs my ranch and my my cattle um and so we're friends deep friends and we have had several conversations on what do we do and beyond politics how do we get out of this situation because both of us believe but it's a pretty it's looking like a pretty dark journey there it's uh, there's some rough days ahead yeah uh, but i just think it's important to note that i think you and i and all of your listeners are probably at heart most of us are optimists we believe in our country we love our country but at the same time We've got a huge challenge ahead of us. And people don't understand. They think in the old way. We're not fighting the things that we have ever fought in the past alone. Yeah. And, you know, there's a saying I've heard it in Russia, or I'm sorry, in Israel. I don't know that I've heard it anywhere else, but they say just because something happens doesn't mean it never will. And I think many of us have that kind of mind frame. Well, you know. We know we've got these things, but by and large, things are going to be the same for my kids and my grandkids. And, uh, and people are losing that, but what they aren't gaining is, you know, the old saying, how do you go bankrupt? Yeah, really, really slow and then all at once. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and these things build and these pressures build and then suddenly it just changes. And, and I think we're near that inflection point. And that's what this book is trying to pr- trying to prevent. But as I say, it starts out, if you, in many times we look at our society, we look, we, other books that are, you know, commenting on our society or politics, they're talking about things that, that have happened. This book talks about things that are going to happen. It talks about how our society fails, how our nation could, could be brought to its knees. It talks about the weapons that our adversaries are going to use. And again, these aren't conventional weapons and they're not armed, aimed at the military. They're aimed at society. They're aimed at the citizens of the United States. They're aimed at our lifestyle. And, and it describes what it's going to be like to live through this collapse and what it's going to be like after the collapse. And then again, how to avoid it. And the premise of it is just this, Glenn. 
We are, uh, we are, as I said, and I, and I say this reluctantly, but I don't know a better description, we are committing national suicide. And Abraham Lincoln was right when he said, this nation will not fail unless it fails from within. I would have no doubt in my mind, no doubt, that we could overcome and conquer anything was thrown our way if we all believed in the Bill of Rights still. Yeah, and, and as, we, as we went into the break, that's exactly right. I mean, look, I'll compromise with you on so many things, but you can't compromise on the Bill of Rights. You can't compromise on the Constitution. Which one of the Bill of Rights do you want to get rid of? Oh, we'll compromise on that. No, no. you can't. No. You can't. And that's kind of, again, the inflection point that we're at right now. And, and, and we're so divided, as you said, where some of, our, some of our neighbors and friends actually would put people like you and I in camps. They'd take our children away from us. I mean, it, it, it's you know, so clear who's on the right side of history. Well, if you're for that, you are clearly on the wrong side of history. Well, and, and they're how, blind to it. How many times was President Trump called a fascist? And a totalitarian. Yeah. And yet, who in the world is proposing now some of these draconian, just, you know, terrifying. Fascistic. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so because we're in the process of that, our, our adversaries are watching this, which is why what's happening in Ukraine really matters. Because our adversaries are watching what happens there. President Xi and President Xi is the generational uh, challenge for our, for our future. They are the existential threat. It's not Vladimir Putin. It's President Xi. It's China. And they're watching. And, and when we've weakened ourselves to such a point, they're going to use these weapons. Like I said, quantum computing, quantum physics is... So explain how they would use quantum computing. Most people don't know. In probably five years, you would know better maybe than I do. Five years, eight years. There's not going to be any encryption. That's exactly right. Five yeah. years? Uh, it's a ways away. Okay. But it's not... But it's not a billion it's miles. Not, no, it's, no. It's before 2030. And it is zero encryption yeah yeah that's right that's that's the full the total purpose of quantum computing i mean you can apply it to some other things some modeling but uh, the whole purpose of it is encryption you go well okay that's no big deal in other words the department of defense has got to be more secure no you want to cause a financial collapse in the united states instantly break encryption and the banking system goes down and you never recover from it uh and uh and great reset people just did a war game on this it, and and it 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 happens overnight yep. overnight yep and uh and the capability to absolutely destroy our day-to-day -day life is dependent on quantum and so we describe quantum we go into the physics as i said they're just it's just fascinating and we say okay this is this is what's going to happen so people wake up one day and uh, everything they've had in the bank and every credit card and everything they use for their normal day-to-day -day life simply doesn't work anymore. And that's just one step in, in the threat that we're facing. You talk about biological weapons and CRISPR. The ability to develop a biological weapon that not only is uh, targeted at a certain race, you could actually target an individual. You could target the President of the United States and give him dementia. You could Can give I, him Alzheimer's. Did you, did you watch, did you watch um, the Bond series? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He talked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that that kind of stuff, I mean, I'm not, you know, the bad guy doesn't have a kitty cat and stuff, but that's what they were doing in the last episode was the last episode. Yeah. They were targeting people based on who you were. And then it obviously got out of control. Um, but all of these things yeah. are, this is, this is the Bond series. Yeah. And, and what's amazing about that is it's, it's remarkably easy to do. I mean, if you read about CRISPR, you can literally do it with a couple of college kids in a garage. It's not difficult to do. 
and we don't regulate it nearly enough. It, it, it really is a, an unknown threat to most people. But uh, China knows what it can do, and they have an entire city built in this kind of a fusion center for biological weapons and creating kind of superhuman warriors, for example. So I've heard that. That's true, that they are, they are genetically redesigning people to be this. I mean, they're doing what Germany tried to do just with cocaine and drugs, yeah. but they're doing it genetically? Genetically, and, and they're very serious about doing it. And, uh, you know, and they, and they started to actually re, uh, release some of this information. You may remember five or six years ago, I think they talked about some of this, this yeah. babies that had been genetically manipulated and, and they got such pushback. Well, they didn't quit doing the research. They just quit announcing the it. research and, and, and being public about it. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with hypersonic weapons, which is, you know, enormous challenge as well and fascinating technology once again. But they go, well, what does that matter to us? Well, it eliminates uh, time, time <laughs> and uh, two generations of our national strategy, uh, our national defense strategy. I mean, everything we have, so people know, it comes it, it, it travels so fast and it comes, I think, at a low orbit. So you don't know it at first. And then somehow I, I don't know all of it, but it, but you can't stop it. And when it's coming out, we can't even aim towards it. No, there's right? no, no defense against it. And, and, and it makes again, everything we have obsolete. Yeah. And so, for example, if China decides they want to take Taiwan because, you know, maybe Vladimir Putin had success in taking Ukraine. Uh, so say they may want to do that. Well, their view is we don't have to fight your F-35s and your F-22s. All we have to do is take out your carrier, you know, one missile and we win. And uh, we don't have to take out your F-35s and your F-22s. Uh, we take out your tankers because we can't use those uh, those weapon systems you know the distance is so great you have to have air refueling tankers mm. to refuel the fighters as they go to the fight so you know go ahead and let your fighters come on in we're going to take out your tankers and every one of them are going to and we have no and we have no uh anything uh to fight against it our tankers are up there and it's over yeah, it's, it's a very difficult military defense of weapon systems like that. But again, uh, that's kind of the different world that we're living in now is they have capabilities that they just didn't have a little, a little while ago. And it changes, our, as I said, our entire national defense strategy. But the important thing here, Glenn, is it doesn't have to be this way. But, and, and it's not a matter of, well, we increase defense spending, we find a way to get quantum computing before China. Right. The key to this is you've got to keep our nation strong and you've got to keep our nation as a, as a, uh, in, in a position e where, the, unum. Exactly, where we can still lead the world on these issues. It's and, not, it's, you're, you're not suggesting uh, any kind of solution that, you know, we need more funding X, Y, Z. You're saying we need to bring Americans, the average Americans, back together somehow. Exactly. We can't have half of Americans uh, feel the way they do about their neighbors and the way they do about their country any longer. And, and there's only one way to do that. You've got to create this social pressure relief valve where people don't feel like, as I said, things have been jammed down their throats from Washington, D.C., from the elites, from people that don't understand them or care about them. Inflation is a great example. Look, if you have someone fill up your car and pick you up in a limousine, you don't know what the price of gas is. You don't really care. If you have someone who shops for you and cooks your meals, you don't know what the price of a piece of lettuce or head of lettuce is, and you don't really care. But but the other the rest of us do, and they feel like people who don't understand them are are compelling them. So here's the answer: Go back to what our founding fathers said. 
We are United States, but we are individual states with individual uh, uh, morals and values that are important to groups of people within those states. Let them decide. And by the way, Glenn, interesting thing on this, they say, well, you know, it's always the right wing. It's the Republicans who want to, you know, want to go out on their own. No, no, no. Blue states have been federalist. For example, Vermont said, we're going to do a single payer system. We'll do it ourselves. Hey, knock yourself out. I'm glad they're doing that. You know, it failed after 18 months. <laughs> right, but it but, would. But they tried. But they tried it. They tried it. Uh, again, if you want to legalize marijuana and, and hard drugs, it's blue states that are leaning into these things. Sanctuary cities, it was blue states who said, we're not going to uh, comply with federal law. It wasn't red states who did that. Blue states said, no, that's a federal law, but we're not going to comply with so it. So this would, this would help us um, relieve steam, but eventually we got to kind of come together because you can't live... I mean, the states will fail. You know, California is a failing state. It just hasn't caught up to them yet. Yeah. Okay. And it's going to affect. I mean, look at what it's doing to Idaho, Utah, Arizona. It's changing things because it's such an oppressive anchor. Yeah. And and you know what? You may have leaders that just fail regardless. And in fact, we do see leaders like that and just continue moving forward on policies that they know will lead to additional failure. But at some point, I think it becomes self-correcting. And just like in in, uh, Europe and when we had the Eastern Europe nations and they looked at the Western European nations and says at some point, hey, we want to be like them. We want to have success like they do. And I think you'd have other states that would look at states that are succeeding like Texas, like Florida and others and say, well, you know what? I think we want to be more like them. I will tell you that I think a lot of Democrats are already saying things like, wait a minute, I'm not for all of this stuff. It's too draconian. More with Chris Stewart here in just a second. Let me tell you about Goldline, our sponsor. Uh, The Great Reset is coming. Uh, Yesterday, the uh, president announced they're coming for cryptocurrency. They're going to make it really very difficult to be able to uh, do any kind of business. On Wednesday night show, you can get it at Blaze TV. It is so important. It is about the economy and inflation, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and uh, I had Carol Roth on, who is former Wall Street banker, then turned to the light side and uh, is trying to help the average person. And she's like, you've got to have assets. You've got to have assets. Get your money out of out of money. Um, and may I suggest one of those assets, gold and silver. Right now, the gold line is having a deal on uh, Maple Flex bars, and Maple Flex bars are uh, an ounce, but it can be broken up. It's an ounce of silver, and it's easy for you to uh, trade in it if, God forbid, you had to. It's a Canadian mint of, uh, of weighed silver. You can also get a mind your own business bar for free. When you buy one Maple Flex bar, you'll get the mind your business bar for free. Also silver. The mind your business is actually what we had on our coins before in God we trust, at least around the time of the founding. And I love that. Buy one, get one. Best two silver assets created. You can get them now. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. 10 seconds station ID. I know there's a lot on your plate and a lot to read, but may I suggest the final fight for freedom, how to save our country from chaos and war. This is something that Chris and I have talked about offline for over a year um, about 
there's got to be a way that, you know, you've used the phrase a relief valve. Somebody else used that phrase on the program today. I was talking to the guy who is organizing the trip uh, to Ottawa with all of the truckers. And he said, it's a relief valve. You have to let people vent because they're not they feel like they're not being heard. The government is going in the opposite direction entirely. And so they are close. And I think they're doing it intentionally. They're closing all of the relief valves that will eventually cause the thing to explode. Yeah. Yeah. Which just is so puzzling to me because you look at some of the decisions they make. And I mean, I'm talking about some of our Democratic uh, governors. I'm talking about Washington, D.C. primarily, but it's not only in Washington. And you just think, what in the world are you thinking? Do you not really understand what this means? And a good example that you bring up in, in, the, in the Great Reset, uh, Glenn, is modern monetary theory. How in the world can anyone actually believe that a government could print all of the money that they ever wanted and there's no repercussions to that? I mean, a seventh grader knows that's true, and yet they actually don't. But it, but it goes to a Great Reset where if you control the population, if you go to fascism— they think it'll work. I still don't even think under fascism it will work. It will cause poverty and starvation. But, but Chris, you saw what the president said about Bitcoin. That, that, that's where they're headed. Yeah. Well, and I think we may see some policies initiated there that just make our heads spin and they just come out of a place that we didn't even think about, didn't even conceive of just a few years ago. But coming back to the basic premise, I mean, the law of economics, it's like the law of gravity. You, you can't deny it. And eventually, eventually reality just hits. So we're going to continue our conversation on uh, TV, the Friday exclusive on blaze TV subscribers only sign up for blaze TV. I, I give me what, where do people start on reconnecting just, the 10th Amendment, just everybody read the 10th Amendment and start demanding? Well, I think that's a, that's a great place to start. Uh, I think that the 10 Amendments, the 10 Bill yeah. of Rights is probably right. a good place to start. And, uh, and I think actually connecting the dots to realize that there's some people in government and in leadership who don't believe those things any longer and actually are trying to take them away from us in very meaningful ways. You know, it was one thing when I knew they weren't paying attention. And they were like, you know, but we got to do what we got to do. It's now very clear. Many in Washington almost despise it. They see it as an impediment to getting the things done that have to be done. And some people don't deserve those rights. Yeah. And you go back to your quote you played earlier about the elite saying, well, we love and trust each other more. But those other people don't trust us. And uh, again, you think, how could they be so unself-aware? Selfish, quite honestly, selfish and uh, and arrogant. That's a really, really bad combination. The name of the book is The Final Fight for Freedom by Chris Stewart. He is a fantastic writer, and you will understand what we're up against in a very short period of time. Put this battle into perspective. The Final Fight for Freedom, available everywhere today by Congressman Chris Stewart. The Glenn Beck Program. So here are the things that we have to do. We have to start giving money to, giving our hard-earned money to people that are, are on our side, that agree with Bill of Rights. Patriot Mobile is that company. Why are you doing business? Honestly, why are you doing business with any other phone service? Why? I don't care if you think you're getting a deal or whatever. You're not. 
you're not. First of all, they're costing you your country. The second second part is you can get a cheaper rate and the same great service by going to Patriot Mobile. 972 Patriot. Get free activation with the offer code BECK right now. You'll get better customer service. They're on the same exact same cell towers uh, as everybody else. And it'll cost you less. And they take part of their profit and put it towards pro-life things, pro-Second Amendment, pro-Constitution. They are working with us. Switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Use the offer code Beck and get free activation. Go there now. It is PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or 972-PATRIOT. Head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use that promo code Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. Um, Dr. Uh, Joseph Ladapo is a guy who's had an, an amazing week. Uh, he's just been confirmed as the Florida Surgeon General. The Democrats didn't like it. I believe they walked out. Uh, but he has been confirmed. And he is and now he's dealing with the FDA and the monoclonal antibody uh, tests that you know will be closed after the FDA removes the emergency youth. Uh, use authorization uh, they didn't even tell florida they they haven't even communicated with them you know beforehand uh and i don't understand exactly why they would pull this especially since you know if there's seven hundred thousand people uh that are getting it anywhere between a i don't know thousand and five thousand maybe could be getting delta variant um but we don't know it might be 50 but why would you pull a treatment i've been to the doctor before and they are like you know i don't know let's just hit you with some antibiotics as well i don't think that's it but let's hit you with some antibiotics why would the government pull something off of the market and not let doctors decide we have uh we have the good doctor on with us now the surgeon general of florida hello sir how are you I'm doing well, thank you, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Now, do I have do I have the story right? First of all, uh, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean you basically have it right. So, in terms of the first part, in terms of the confirmation piece, it's kind of the first step, but we're getting there. And um, and in terms of the FDA, you're correct. I mean they they made a decision that was rash. Um, it was really obnoxious to patients. They, they sort of made the decision in the evening and people found out the following morning that their appointments were canceled. I mean, was that really necessary? You know, um, so thousands of people were planning on coming in for appointments and they literally found out that morning that, you know, that that, that wasn't going to be a possibility. So it was it was really just very a very obnoxious thing to do to Floridians and other people around the country that were, um, you know, that were scheduled for appointments. Okay, so let me ask two questions. Um, I think both fair, but in opposite directions. First question: The FDA only pulled um, t- 
two, I think, out of the three mono, monoclonal uh, treatments, and they didn't ban the one that they say works against uh, Omicron. So if it's, I mean, if if it, why wouldn't they ban the second or the, the, that last one if they were trying to do something evil? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know their motivations, but it was a very bad decision. So basically in December, a few laboratory studies showed that the Regeneron monoclonal antibody and then Eli Lilly monoclonal antibody had reduced affinity for the Omicron variant, whereas a third monoclonal antibody is called citrovimab still seemed to have high affinity. So that was the, you know, to give the FDA some credit, at least, or at least there was some basis. I mean, we've seen many decisions made during the pandemic for which there was absolutely no basis whatsoever for the decision. So, so fine. So that's what the laboratory studies show. But Glenn, the thing is, and it's not rocket science, is that what you see in a lab doesn't or always correlate perfectly with what you see okay. patients. So right? that's the that's the other question in the other direction. Um, if this was look, if if this was something that could be dangerous to people, um, and it was experimental, you first of all would not be shoving it down everybody's throat as they have. Um, and if you wanted to pull it out because it was dangerous and you'd say, look, we've, we've approved this emergency, but it, it's not really that effective on this. We're going to pull it because it is dangerous to use it, but that's not what they're saying. So I go back to, you know, antibiotics many times in my life. And I know this is bad for, you know, super viruses, but Many times in my life, doctors have said, you know what, I don't think it's this, but I'm just going to hit you with this just in case. If it's not dangerous, why pull it off the market? Why not let doctors say, you know what, give it a whirl? Glenn, you're, you're exactly right. Um, you know, I, you know I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, over this course of this pandemic, We've actually had evidence for treatments, you know, fluvoxamine, inhaled budesonide. There have been, there's some evidence for ivermectin, even though there's a lot of d debate about that. There's also evidence for hydroxychloroquine, even though there's a lot of debate about that. And if you care about patients, what you do is you allow doctors to make decisions and you collect data so that, you know, you can help doctors make even better decisions. But instead, we've, you know, we've seen it just time and time again, this tendency to just want to say, no, you can't use this or no, you can't use that. And no one who cares about patients thinks about decisions that way. I mean, it's the bottom line. What you're saying is exactly correct in terms of what happens when there's uncertainty, but your doctor thinks that there may be a benefit to treatment. And it, it's, it's really heartbreaking. I mean, honestly, I just I don't know what the motivation is. Well, I mean, they're either schizophrenic, they don't know what they're doing, or they have other motivation because Merrick uh, or Merck has just received uh, the emergency use authorization from the FDA for their treatment uh, with the pills. What is it? Uh, Molnupiravir, whatever it is. Um, and there's two rounds of trials now that show it has almost no difference in outcome for hospitalization for those on the placebo group. But 
They just said you can use that, but there's no real evidence that that works. So is this just total confusion? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Glenn, I mean, it's it's honestly it's it's um, I mean, I, I I just have to quit trying to even try and understand, honestly, uh, because it's it's just so uh, it's just so perplexing and vexing as a doctor just to even build on what you just said regarding the Merck product. So Merck publishes a single clinical trial with very shaky results in terms of this antiviral. You look at another medication called fluvoxamine. Right. It's a generic, right? Yep. No one's going to make a billion dollars off of it. They publish, some researchers independently publish a clinical trial bigger than the Merck trial, higher quality than the Merck trial, and overall, actually, overall, more effective than what the Merck trial shows. And, you know, nothing. Right. There's no uh, leadership at the NIH saying that doctors should consider using that medication. I, I, I'm honestly, I, I, don't, I don't I think I would probably, you know, have to get diagnosed with hypertension or something if I just tried to understand the rationale behind this. But it's not the kind they're not the kind of decisions that people make when they actually care about patients. So that is the scary thing. And I think this is why. Um, conspiracy theories start, um, but we're so far beyond that. I mean, there's a difference between a conspiracy theory that is dangerous and just asking simple questions and asking questions gets you banned. Um, I mean, I never before have I seen ever in America people saying you can't ask a question. You can't say what you believe uh, or they shut you down. Are you seeing as a doctor real problems with misinformation to the extent to where you we should be closing people down, shutting them up? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, and it's you're exactly right. It is the kind of thing that fuels theories and, you know, people label them as conspiracy theories to sort of be pejorative um, up toward the uh, people who are just trying to wrap their minds about um, around what's going on. But it's it's really just, I mean, it's just an extraordinarily terrible time for, um, for clinical science and for the uh, scientific community in, in, in some very important ways. And this, I mean, it, it just a very simple idea that asking questions is anti-science. It, it's like, Come on, guys. You know, there's a there's a paradox in there waiting for you to discover. Um, And it's and it's to the detriment of every human being on this planet. Okay, so uh, help me out with this one. The government admits two doses of the mRNA vaccines or one of the J&J are ineffective against Omicron, but that the boosters only decrease the likelihood of hospitalization and they do a good job of that. However, they're still recommending that everybody who's eligible gets vaccinated, but you can't ever talk about side effects. At the same time, the FDA ruled that these two monoclonal antibodies are no longer worth the risk of potential side effects. Can you please tell me the difference between the side effects? Are they, is one so much greater than the other? Oh, so right, right. So, you know, Glenn, it's, it's, again, this is just one of the, uh, one of the sad parts of the pandemic in terms of how 
you know, one of the things we tried to do in Florida is be very clear about when we're talking about data and science and when we're talking about our perspective or our interpretation of those data or sort of the science in terms of policymaking. So it's, it's total nonsense. I mean, the monoclonal antibodies, they actually, because there's no stigma, there's, there's, there's no politics around their use, we've actually been able to have an honest assessment of their side effects. Unfortunately, they're very well tolerated. Uh, you know, they're, they're, every medication can have side effects, but these are medications that have been used hundreds of thousands of times. They have a, a great safety profile, and, and people have, have, have looked, and, and again, people have been able to talk more freely about them. Now, on the other end, the vaccines, right? I mean, you know, I think even people who favor mandates can hopefully acknowledge that there has been an atmosphere that has suppressed any discussion about Correct. side effects. And it may not be that any big side effects come about, but we should at least be able to talk about it. We're talking to the uh, Surgeon General of uh, Florida, not been confirmed, but it, it's getting ugly. Um, Joseph Ladapo, let me ask you, what is the plan for Florida now? What are you going to do about this? Right. So here in Florida, you know, our big things have been um, access. So really continuing to to provide access to vaccinations, provide access to treatment to the extent that we can and um, and and really prioritizing vulnerable populations. So we work, even though the FDA has made some decisions that have reduced our capacity to treat, we do still have citrovimab, and we reserve that monoclonal antibody for high-risk populations, so populations in nursing homes and, um, and, um, and that sort of thing. So, you know, we are continuing to let Floridians know about other treatment options that they can take at home. I've mentioned inhaled budesonide, mm-hmm. I've mentioned fluoxamine, and, you know, it, and, and we're also working on ramping up the Merck and Pfizer antiviral products, although, again, you know, the Merck product in particular has some, you know, some serious challenges and there's Correct. some serious questions about it. Um, and, that's, and that's really been our approach. And, of course, we want Floridians to continue living, exercising, getting outside, sunlight, none of this fear nonsense that, you know, it's been what the federal government has, and unfortunately, many of my own colleagues have been peddling for the past 22 years. Dr. Ladapo, um, thank you for everything. Uh, I know people have called you every name under the sun, including a pseudoscientist. He's medical degree from Harvard, Ph.D. in health policy from Harvard Graduate School of Arts and Sciences, uh, published in leading journals, the Journal of American Medical, uh, American Car- uh, College of Cardiology, Yada, yada, yada. He is um, he's kind of a big deal. So thank you for coming on. God bless you. Hey, thanks. Thank you. you. It's amazing what is happening where this guy with those credentials can be called just a a quack, a quack. Mm. Oh, he might as well just be telling Chris Cuomo to take, you know, baths in special salts. Oh, no, that was that was actually almost actual doctor, actual yeah. doctor relief factor. If you ever have that moment when you're standing there in front of the bathroom mirror, you know, button in the sleeves on your shirt and you think, ow, usually when I'm standing in front of the bathroom mirror, that's not what I think of unless it's my <laughs> eyes that go, ow, don't look that at that mirror again. Um, but if you've ever been buttoning your shirt and your hands are in so much pain, I was just talking to Cheryl Barton yesterday. 
And she said, you know, Glenn, she said, you know, I always hear about backs and everything else. She said, but I'm taking relief factor. She said, I'm a zealot about it now. She said, my hands used to hurt so much. And I said, right. That, that was my problem too, the hands. And she said, I am out of pain. It is fantastic. If you're in pain, please get out of pain. Button your shirts, do the things with your hands, do the things with your back and legs that you've always wanted to do. Don't give up. Try it. Feel the difference. Relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. Get your life back. Try the three-week quick trial pack. It's developed for you. Try it for three weeks. Take it as directed. Relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. The Glenn Back Program. So there are no books to be sold uh, of The Great Reset. You can order your book, um, but uh, they only count towards the New York Times list when they're delivered. We're number 13 this week. Last week, we were number 12. We were actually number one. But now this week, with no books in little bookstores to sell, we're number 13. Maybe if they divide all your sales up over the next 25 years, you'll yeah. just be on the list forever. Forever. We're It'll like be, at number 13. What the heck are forever. you even doing? That's amazing. So bizarre. Get your book. Go to Glenn's new book. Uh, dot com and get the kindle right and get the kindle book okay. uh on monday the audiobook comes out oh uh, really that's yeah. that's confirmed <laughs> oh if this is you wishing it into existence isn't it no no no. Yeah, i was told I know... that it would be monday mm-hmm. but i haven't heard confirmation yet so i'll tell you monday morning you've so. finished it for sure it's just a matter of whether yeah, yeah. it's gonna go through the process yeah that. right uh all right we will see you uh on tv tonight join us blaze tv commercial free the uh, Friday exclusive more on what our country is going through and how do we get out of it tonight.